0: Happy Friday to you. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked on Bengals. Thank you so much for making us part of your day on a Friday. A lot to get to including I I still don't know what to call this but Joe Goodberry and I sometimes we have conversations pre-interview and we did on Wednesday when uh, I, I caught up with him Wednesday night for yesterday's podcast and I'm going to let you hear about 20 minutes of our pre interview conversation just about the Bengals back and forth. I thought it was worth it. I went back and listened to it and I was like, huh, there are some tidbits we certainly didn't get to on yesterday's podcast. So you'll hear that today. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, simple. I'm James Rapine. I work for ESPN 1530, News Radio 700, WLW. It's the home of the Bengals here in the Queen City. And we do this every single day on Locked on Bengals. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com. This is your daily source for Bengals content. I think it's the only Bengals daily podcast out there. Do it every single day, Monday through Friday. You can catch us, subscribe, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcast. Every podcast also posted at LockedOnBengals.com, as is Solomon Tetman's Prospect Spotlights. Interested in some tackles? Interested in... I don't know. Linebackers? Either one. The draft classes being evaluated right now at lockedonbengals.com. Yesterday, had a really good conversation with Joe Goodberry of the Athletic about the offensive line depth in this draft. If there's an offensive lineman the Bengals should consider at 12 and more, you missed that. Go back and listen to that one. Today, well you're going to hear my conversation with Joe and I run by my theory, uh, my logic of not really liking the Chris Baker move. One year, $3 million. I discussed that a little bit yesterday. I run it by Joe. And then we kind of go back and forth about the Bengals with quarterback and just multiple, multiple different things. This is like our behind-the-scenes. Like if there was a behind-the-scenes clip, that's what this is. This is a long clip. It will make up most of, the, of today's podcast. But uh, I started by asking Joe about Chris Baker and uh, basically said I really wasn't on board with the pick because of the money. Here's me and Joe talking yesterday before yesterday's interview. I'm fine with him adding him, but I I just saw the number and like three million. Man, they're gonna yeah. add, they're gonna add a couple free agents like this Joe and be like, yes, yeah, see, we spend
2: just like they did with Minter. Yeah. They they find ways to hide money on non-upgradable pieces, and that's something I've been talking about with a lot of people that share the same criticisms. Is they'll spend money on players that don't make them any better, or at least not significantly. Yeah, like Chris, Chris Baker,
0: even if he works. He's not going to be like a game changer next year.
2: <laughs> the reason you want a playoff game isn't going to be because of Chris Baker. Yeah. It's not going to be because of Brandon LaFell. it's not going to be because of Kevin Minter, it's not going to be because of Pat Sims or whoever low end free agent you get. Now, if you had 10 of them, maybe, but adding 2 of them a year isn't going to do anything.
0: And that's the thing is Pat Sims, at least he was a year 1 million.
2: Like <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> so,
2: this is like Andre Smith. You know, they're signing him um, the, the, the three million—it's like similar to Andre Smith got three point two five, I believe it was. Yeah, you know he's a depth signing. It gives Andrew Billings another year of development and f- rotation of snaps, whatever. I guess yeah.
0: that—that's the thing—is like could, you could have taken that three million you gave to Baker, cut Michael Johnson, and you could have um, the right tackle from New England who skipped my my mind. But that—that's that, what you're. That's what I'm looking at. Fleming, Fleming Cameron but- Fleming.
2: Michael Bennett just got traded. He's got a five million dollar cap hit. They give up a what a seventh rounder and a like a number eight receiver on the roster. Yep. yeah. So if you you know if you wanted to really make an impact on your team, that's a move that makes an impact on your team.
0: Correct. Yeah. I. And Ogletree, I I, I wouldn't trade for Ogletree's contract, but neither. But he is the profile I'm looking for for a linebacker. Twenty six years old, like. Can we go that that route where they're good? Right. Good at 26. 26 and athletic. Yeah, Minter's not, by the way. <laughs> no. no. I, I don't need to tell you that. I don't know why I just did
2: it. <laughs> I think we uh, – I remember our conversation about Minter because I remember a lot of people now are saying, like, I've had this comment thrown at me a couple times of, uh, well, we thought Minter was a solid signing last year. And I'm like, did we? Well, who was excited over Kevin Minter? I mean, uh, people were excited that they let go of Ray Maluga, but you replaced him in kind. You put, replaced him with a guy who doesn't fix your issues. Yeah. And that's the problem I have with their signings. Like uh, We talked about this, I think, uh, a couple months ago. LaFell is a solid guy to have on your team. He doesn't fix their issues. If they were spent that same money on a Tory Smith, someone who's fast and get, can get deep, that's a different argument because at mm-hmm. least he fixes their issues. Mike Wallace? So a lot of times, like... Exactly. Exactly. They spend on guys who don't upgrade them or don't fix their issues, even if they're solid signings, like in the case of a Brandon LaFell.
0: Again, we we agree on like it's crazy three million. And the thing is, is people are drinking the Kool Aid again. Like Mike Brown, he convinced it. Like I, I've gotten three people that were like, "Why um?" I put um above the. Uh, I tweeted that above the one year three million. People are like, "Are you serious? This is a solid signing." And I'm like, "Oh god." You don't get it.
2: I, I honestly, I liked Baker two years ago. I thought they, were, I wish they would have went after him last off season. Yeah. Uh, I really liked him. I graded him for uh, Bleacher Report two years ago when it was last year with the Redskins, and I thought he's a very good player. He's a good run stuffer. He played nose tackle in NDN for them in the three four. But, Again, he's got a little bit, of, a little bit of athleticism and a little personality to him, and I like that. And then he had a terrible year this last year, and obviously got cut. Um so I I'm fine with the signing. In fact, you know, out of the guys that were cut recently, Baker's one of the guys I kinda of circled and said, If you can go get him for a cheap deal, go and do it. Uh the three million part is the part who knows, maybe it's only like a one point eight million cap hit and it's a one point two million, you know, roster bonus or something like that. And uh, and then it's not so bad. So yeah, but I guess if it's structured differently, it's fine.
0: That's it. The other thing is, if you tell me, oh, well, we moved on from Michael Johnson and we got Chris Baker for three million, yeah. then we can talk. But this right, idea you that you
2: save money, yeah. and also upgrade in a different position, I'm cool with that. But yeah. here we are with what six days to go before they have to decline Pac-Man's option, and we're hearing of other teams like declining and picking up options. Where are the Bengals? You, you guys are just going to eat the six point four million dollars, or are you going to make a move? Uh, I mean, it's a no brainer to to save some money here.
0: It's a no brainer, no doubt about it. No, so we'll go from there to the to Joe. Call me crazy. I don't, I, I'll and I'll run this by you, but I, I don't see a tackle seriously that will be worth the twelfth pick. I might be insane.
2: You're not wrong. I mean, there's they're, they all have flaws. The only reason they're even attractive to us right now is because the Bengals desperately need one yeah if they they were solid at the position we would not consider the list of prospects that are there
0: and that's why to me like if i'm desperate for a girlfriend i still i'd rather be single than data two right like i'm not going to do that i don't want to overspend on a on a mike McGlinchey if he's just going to be an okay tackle you know
2: but you can go out one night get drunk and convince yourself with that too and i think that's the process we're in
0: yeah let's do that in round three You know, I'm with you. So we'll we'll talk about it. maybe well, in
2: round three. In round three, you're drafting a two and hoping he'll be an eight. I think in round one, if it's a case of like Mike McGlinchey, I think he's a six with the potential to be a seven. And I think for this team that doesn't even have a six starter right now, that's the attraction, right? Yeah, yeah, I. I just I we hate should that compare prospects to women. I think this is this works. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's, uh, and that's that's the other thing, especially if you got a safety and Derwin James. In my mind, a lot of people think he's a I mean a freak. I, I don't know how you feel about him, but I'd rather the the nine, and then we'll we'll figure out where where he plays or how he contributes versus the the six because it's a weakness. But it's it's a good argument.
2: It is because right with Derwin. Are they going to figure out how to play three safeties?
0: Yeah. Um, Because I was looking at the contracts. I was like, man, they can't get out of any of them if Derwin.
2: Right. And they're young, too. Yeah. Both of them. I mean, relatively. um, Or at least in their prime still. And with Derwin, so say you say, okay, we're going to play three safeties. Derwin played a lot of linebacker at Florida State. We'll do that with them and nickel. I'm not against that argument. In fact, I think we've argued for that the past few years. Yes. The problem I have with that, though, is. Are you taking Derwin to play him uh, primary at linebacker for the next couple of years, a nickel corner sort of situation? Um, or do you just draft Roquan if he's there? Do you just draft Tremaine Edwards if he's there? Or, you know, are you going to take a safety and play him out of position? Not necessarily because he did it well at Florida. Or do you just take the linebacker that's an athletic freak, which those two
0: guys look like they are? Yeah, I would take the linebacker, but if they're gone. Because that, right. that's, that's how I look If they're gone
2: at it. and we end up in that next scenario where none of the blue chip guys are left, um I think that's when it gets interesting.
0: Yeah, I do too. I hope to God Lamar falls in round two and they actually like him. I don't think it'll happen, but I hope it happens. That's the hope. I, I, I've, I, there's no chance they draft a quarterback at 12, Joe. We don't even need to
2: do quarterbacks. Oh, I know. I know that. I, it's fun to think about, but there's even when I play those mock draft games, I don't know if you ever do like the fan speak mock, yeah. and on the clock, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I do never it every draft time. a quarterback either. Yeah, it's uh, even I, Baker Mayfield will stare me in the face, and I'll go. Yeah, but I want to, you know, I want to build this team a little bit and it, just because it takes some balls to do it, and not every team does, and I, apparently I don't either.
0: Oh, you would do it. Don't you dare. You would do it. Listen, I know I would, but at the same time, there's been an opportunity
2: like today. I did one today, and Baker Mayfield's there, and Roquan Smith is there. What are you doing? I mean, are you taking Baker? I love Baker. I love the uh, – upgrading at that position is excellent. But at the same time, I go, Roquan, what if he's – Patrick Willis.
0: Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so what did you do with the second pick? Because I've done every fan speak. I've done Lamar's still there.
2: He was not there. He really? went in the first like eight picks in the second. And that's the only right because oh. I I thought about that too. If Lamar's there, I'll take him. Uh, and then uh, I think with the second pick, James Daniel Daniels, the center from Iowa, which we're going to talk about offensive then I'll get to him. He was there. So I said, okay, boom. I got two athletic guys at two need positions. Third round, I'm thinking maybe Cal is there from Richmond. I really liked him from the Senior Bowl. I, I think he looks good every time. That's definitely like a Jimmy Garoppolo Day Two type guy. I'd love to take and see if he develops. Uh, he wasn't there in the third, so it just Shh. I kept missing a quarterback. I ended up t- taking uh, I think Mike White in the fifth Western round. Western Kentucky. But yes, and that's <clears throat> kind of how I think it's going to go. Yeah, ahead. it is.
0: Yeah, it's going to be Mike Mike White and Mike Glennon because Mike Glennon won't hurt the <clears throat> excuse me won't hurt the compensatory picks. Um, right. because he's released. And you know that's it. Mike Glennon. They're not reuniting with uh, Fitzy. They want that McCarron compensatory pick.
2: Right. And they're going to wait to even wake up for free agency. And McCarron really f- screwed this up. Had, had McCarron been restricted, they may have, I think, maybe been semi-aggressive in free agency, maybe got a starter. Um, but now they'll have to wait for McCarron and eifert sign. And if they sign for deals in the range of where you could get a third-round compensatory pick or maybe a fourth-rounder, yep. um, the Bengals decide <laughs> probably just bow out and say, <laughs> we'll wait and, and get some get some low-line guys later like they did with Mentor last year.
0: Uh, I just want Cameron Fleming. You know how fans speak? I know you do this. Uh, the fans speak you can do, like the negotiate the contracts. Yeah. I did. I added Fleming. I added uh, Jensen, the center. Yeah, from, yep, from a great value on from, that game from Baltimore, and yep. get this, I added solder. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. The O line, right then and there, <laughs> done. And, and I know that's unrealistic, right? But I think you could do two out of those three, like a, a center, yeah. center right tackle. I think the, I think Solder's going to be ex- extreme. He's going to make thirteen million per, probably. But
2: you know what sucks about this is, then um, we should probably talk about this some free agency in a week. The more I look
0: at the draft
2: matching up with what's available in free agency, just looking at the draft I, or free agency, I go, there's a lot of centers I'd like to take a shot on. There's a lot of guards I'd like to take a shot on that should be cheap as that third-tier guy. Orion Jensen, I'm not sure he's going to get a crazy deal. I'd like to – and if you're going to spend on offensive line, spending on centers is the most value you can get. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm like, go go spend on a center. I bet you'd get $7 draft, eight million,
0: set, probably around right. seven. Yeah.
2: And, that, and, and the amount of upgrade you would get from Bodine to him is way worth that price. So, but then I look at the draft, and I go, crazy year for interior alignment yep. and centers, for guards and centers. And I go, I'm not going to go sign Jensen for $7 million. I think I'm getting Frank Gregg now in the third round. And I think he's a starter, and he's exactly who they thought Bodine was and that's your starter, and he's an upgrade. Uh, or Mason Cole from Michigan in the third round. Uh, James Daniels, Billy Price, and maybe that—maybe they make it to the second-round pick. I think there's a good chance one of them at least does. Those guys are instant upgrades, and I'm like, okay, I can't do it. And I like the guards, too. So, again, I end up looking at this draft going, the tackles kind of suck. They may not align with number 12 or 46. I can see three of them going in between there, and yeah. you never get a shot at either of I them. I think you've got to trade then, back
0: or trade up. That's what I said exactly. it on today's pod, or Yeah, on the podcast.
2: And then the second and third tier of tackles are sketchy guys. Either they're really athletic and they, their tape is kind of sketchy they're not, and they don't look like they've got the strength, or they look like good players but they really lack length and they're, they're going to be kicked inside the guard for a lot of teams. And I'm like – you're stuck because then now you look at free agency and go, okay, maybe they should go sign a starting tackle, and maybe Jake Fisher can win the other spot at the other, you know, and maybe that's how they uh, proceed. And you just draft interior guys and you make your own line that way. Um, and I'm, I'm cool with that plan, but then you're going to have to spend the most at tackle in free agency, and it all falls apart there. I don't know how they're going to do it. Honestly, I haven't thought of a plan that I feel the most confident in myself yet.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I think here's what I would do, and I would get reaching for the left tackle right in the in the second round like you have 11 picks so trade the 46 pick and trade even if you got to give up 77 let's say trade up and and get the the left tackle you need to at 35 let's just throw it up, whatever because you and we'll get to that colton miller you think he's the guy like he could be a guy that you'd target there
2: You know, I like Colton Miller, and he reminds me, his game reminds me a lot of Jake Fisher. And even though Fisher hasn't really panned out, the process was correct in drafting him. They got really good value on him. He was a very good athlete. His, His tape was really good, even though he had some issues that's the kind of prospect you want to draft in the second round. And yeah. Miller had tested phenomenally. He's six foot nine, three 310, long arms. His tape is, is, is good, but you can see he's got some strength issues. He's got some issues with footwork at times. So he's not perfect, and he's not going to start right away, or else that guy with that measurable is going top 15. So it makes sense to take that shot on those type of prospects in the second round. So the process isn't, is, isn't wrong in taking him. So I'm behind that 100%. Um, I just think if you're saying he's my starter at left tackle from day one, you're going to have some issues. But yeah. that's a given if you're saying I'm going to start a second-round guy at left tackle as a rookie.
0: Yeah, so you do that, or you could just trade back from 12 to 18, 19, and get your guy. You know, if they trade right. back, add a pick, but they already have a lot of picks, so that's the concern. And then you well, sign, sign a, a center and sign then then a right tackle. A bunch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is get your guys because, to me, in this market with the centers, you can sign a center, not name Bodine, and draft one. Like, you can yeah. sign Fleming and draft the right tackle. Like, that's how I'm looking at it. You have so many picks in, in the, the the cap money that, that I think that they could open up by making a few moves. That's how I would right. do it. And then, yeah, is left tackle an issue? Sure. But you're going to have everything else solved. And left tackle's been an issue now for a year. It, one of the tackle spots has been an issue for two years. So...
2: And here's the thing, too. You're not going to fix all five offensive line spots, well at least four, in one offseason. So some of your signings and some of the guys you maybe re-sign, if that's an Andre Smith or whatever, are not your long-term fixes. You're going to have to have a couple plug guys to get you into next year. You're going to have to try and draft two starters this year, two starters next year, and that's how it is. So if you want to go guard center this year and just say bowling, James Daniels and Alex Kappa. let's just say. Kappa is going to be moved in their guard at this, in this projection. Yeah. Um, I, I, you just went from having a bad interior offensive line, because the whole unit was bad last year, to potentially a very good one in a short time. And that's better than having a mixed match of whatever they're trying to put together if they draft a tackle too high and then come back later and grab a, a center in the fourth round. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, instead, focus your position and say, okay, from here this year at least we'll have a good interior offensive line and we'll figure out the tackles next year. Or we'll sign a free agent, that, a guy that can start this year, and hold a three-man competition at right tackle with Fisher, Oboyee, and Andre Smith. I get that. I can get behind that type of plan. Limitations apply. See terms at discover dot com slash credit card.
0: Real quick, because we've talked about, give me like a sentence or two. I did a mock, I, I, and I use fan speak now, so I know who's gone and kind of can kind of react to it. I did a mock. I'm just gonna read you the the name of the guy I took, and then you just tell me a sentence or two on on if you like it or not. All right. Got it. All right. derwin James.
2: I like derwin I think you're getting a player that can potentially be extremely good and versatile, and I, and I think. For the Bengals in the middle of their defense, um, that's all I can ask for. Even though I don't think it didn't directly impacts them in a need area, I think you're getting a good player.
0: Colton Miller gone at 46. Billy Price doesn't fall to 46, unable to trade up. But Lamar Jackson just happens to be there at 46, so I take him.
2: I think the Bengals have picks to burn with 11 picks. You're not going to have probably 11 rookies make the roster. You, pro- you should maximize your value and i think when you have a quarterback with as much upside as jackson has if you're able to get him in the second round that's where you burn those picks and see if you can you can get something out of it there's no greater value than picking a backup or a developmental guy and either your starter's keeps his success, and you trade your starter or your backup, nothing returns value like that in the NFL outside of quarterback. And the Bengals missed an opportunity with McCarron, but we definitely saw what was on the table. Uh, I think that's a win-win situation. Either he develops into your starter and ends up being a better quarterback, or you are able to flip one of them for picks later.
0: Frank Ragno, the, the center from Arkansas with the 77th pick.
2: He's exactly what they thought they were getting with Bodine. He's strong. Uh, he's he's a fighter, a wrestler. He he is nasty. He plays through the whistle. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more athleticism on tape than Bodine has, and I think that makes a world of difference. Uh, he's a good player, and I think he's a starter and an an upgrade for them day one. For you know, if not early in his rookie year midway to the end of the year, they've got improved play in the interior of their
0: offensive line. And speaking of the interior, and I know he played tackle, but with the the number 100 pick, final pick of the, I think it's the final pick of the third round, Humboldt State's own Alex Kappa.
2: Man, this is your your fan speak mock, because I did one today, and it is extremely similar, because I also took uh, uh, Alex Kappa uh, with that third-round compensatory pick. And Kappa's tape is excellent, and maybe the... mm, after maybe Quentin Nelson, the most fun and exciting and they feel cheer for for an offensive lineman because he just buries guys and throws people down. And even at the senior bowl, he held his own and looked like he belonged. He did not have a good combine, and that's concerning. But, again, I'm putting him at guard because of his mm-hmm. length issues and because he's going to need some uh, development and, and some speed adjustment to the NFL game. Uh, I think it works for him inside. I think if you're upgrading center and right guard for the Bengals, Uh, you now have a good interior offensive line, or at least potentially a good one. And that can mean the world of difference from what they had last year to last even. You know, for as long as Bodine's been here, they've had issues on the interior line, even with two good guards. So uh, I I like Kappa being surrounded by Bodine and – and um, I don't mean Bodine, I mean Clint Bowling on the left guard, and in this case Frank Nubrag now at center. You works out at the tackle position, but I think you secured the interior.
0: Michael Gallup. What do you think of Michael Gallup? I picked him with a 112. Pick 112.
2: Yeah, I also took a receiver at this spot, but I took uh, St. Brown from Notre Dame. Uh, Gallup is very, very good. Very good on tape. I don't think he's got the high end speed to be a deep threat, but if John Ross ever develops, if Josh Malone ever develops, I think Gallup is the type of guy that reminds me more of a uh, – Justin Blackman, if you will, you know, Blackman had off-the-field stuff, but a guy that's like a run after the catch, but can get deep and win because of his body control and and hands. I don't think he's a blazer that's going to make safeties back up and corners back up, but I think he's going to win on all three levels of the field. Uh, We're talking fourth round here, and I think that's where the Bengals look at tight end or receiver, so I I definitely like that pick.
0: And then after that, he he might be the most popular linebacker in the draft, Shaquem Griffin, 151. I, I know I... It's it's tough, because and it's not even the hand thing to me. He's small, and I don't know where he's right. going to play. He weighs 227 pounds, but he can fly. I look at him, and I'm like, well, he's made plays. We're late in the draft, you know, in the middle of the draft. Uh, I could see him going around this time.
2: And I think he was sub-220 at the Senior Bowl, and that makes more sense for what I thought he looked like on tape. And let's be honest, the tape's pretty good. Uh, he flies around. He's athletic, and he, as he should. As a guy that was 218 to 220, uh... And he's athletic, obviously. So I don't know where he plays in the NFL. And I and i think after taking a Derwin James, I would say those roles would be similar, especially if you're already saying James is the third safety and that. I think Griffin, though, is definitely a tremendous special teamer. Uh, A depth linebacker, until you figure out what he is completely, Uh, maybe that is a safety in the future. Maybe that is, maybe you know, maybe a couple years later he's 225, 230, 230 and some change, and he is a full-time linebacker. But at the very least, he's a good guy to have in your roster, and he had really good tape and good measurables outside of size.
0: One last one. Durham Smythe, because I'm not going to give you all that. Durham Smythe, the tight end from Notre Dame, the way I looked at it, He can help block a lot. He's a big guy. He can block well. Why not get him in here and help block uh, opposing defenders?
2: Yeah, you end up in this scenario when you're doing these fan-speak mocks where you lose out on the really good receiving tight ends, and you end up with these guys that are um, either an okay receiver and not a blocker at all, or you end up with the guys that are blockers and really don't have a lot of receiving production. You kind of got to say, well, obviously, I'm probably not getting my future t- tight end number one with this pick. What am I getting a guy that can either upgrade me as a blocker, which I think Croft had better years blocking than he did last year. Uh, maybe he can get back to that, to me in that wide tight end that can block in line. I think he still has that potential. And then the way C.J. Uzama has developed, I still think there's something there with him. So I'm okay with taking a guy who's maybe just a receiver, or just a blocker on day three, and seeing if he could develop or push that number three spot. Right now, that would be by the Ryan Hewitt. And if you can push him, then it makes sense uh, for special teams in depth.
0: That's my behind-the-scenes conversation with Joe Goodberry. Once I realized, (laughs) so I realized midway through, like, man, this is good stuff. I'm going to use this. What else could we do? And I was like, let me run by some of my mock draft, that entire mock draft that locked on bengals.com. Let me know if you enjoyed that because usually Joe and I do that and have those conversations. Sometimes I'm already recording, other times I'm not. When I'm not, they just, the conversation goes out the window and stick, stay between me and Joe. If you enjoy it, we could do that every time we have them on the podcast, essentially. I just thought it was really good stuff, really good. Nice back and forth that you don't necessarily get when it's me asking about offensive tackle. So, hopefully, you like that. If not, I'm sorry. We'll get back to normal on Monday. <laughs> you can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher. Make sure you check out lockedonbangles.com, each and every podcast there. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're looking for a Reds Fixed as we get closer to baseball season, I got your Reds Fixed. Locked on Reds. It's a podcast. Check it out on iTunes, Megaphone, LockedOnReds.com. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm on Twitter at James Erpine and at Locked on Bengals. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast.